0: Hi, you are about to listen to my fourth conversation with Matthew and Inma that I had a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot to record the intro. Something that Caspian made me aware of today. So, here I am, recording an intro, sort of way after the fact. But I do remember that a lot of this conversation also, again, centers on the gift and market economy that are both transaction based. In the market economy, you have something to sell that I need, so I will buy it from you. In a gift economy, I have something to give, and when I give it to you, you receive it. So it's transactions, it's giving and receiving, it's buying and selling. But think about what would happen if we could only do one of those things, if we could either just buy or sell, or if we could only gift and receive, not buy and sell, and not give and receive in the first one. That is a piece of beyond that has stayed with me ever since this conversation, where we also speak about the full moon, about. The way that what is there but isn't visible or tangible also impacts us and a heck of a lot of other things. So, as always, I hope that you will enjoy this conversation as much as the three of us did. Have fun! Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my
1: lighting is a little dim today. I I lost a bulb apparently overnight, so I'm...
0: I had I shadows. went up an hour ago. I went up to lie down on my bed, turned on the the bed lamp, and it said poof. So mm. I had to go fetch a bulb. So maybe it's the full moon. Maybe. Might
1: just be <laughs> <laughs> the
0: full moon or something.
2: The wolf, wolf moon, isn't it?
1: The wolf moon, yeah, yep. Or the or the werewolf moon. I'm I'm not yeah. sure.
2: I'm
1: <laughs> hearing about werewolves lately, but
2: yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah,
0: because we're recording on. It's the eighteenth of January today, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So.
1: All day long.
0: All day long. But by the time this is out, it'll probably be like the next full moon or something.
2: Wow. (laughs) Mm. Because
0: it's probably a month. So,
3: how are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well, too. Thank you. (laughs) How are you?
0: I'm doing well too, but I, yesterday I, I, um, I canceled stuff right, left, and center. Uh, Already Sunday evening, I felt that "Mm, I can't do therapy with Dominic in the morning because we had therapy just on Thursday, so just having four days and something, so it's like oh, I should, and this, that, and the other thing. But I wrote to him and said, no. Ah, because I have a busy week. And then, so that didn't happen, which was good. And then I had a work meeting, and I had a work meeting, and then I was supposed to do choir. And I thought, "Mm -hmm, I shouldn't, no, it's not choir time. So I didn't go to choir. And then I had, the first guitar lesson for the for the semester and cuz it was supposed to be last week but then one of us was in covid quarantine this that and the other thing and i went i have a headache and something so i texted and said could you guys meet up and just call me and i can sit from here and join you by phone i can have the sound on so i can hear you and then i don't have to have the sound on so that you know, because it gets weird, and there's thumbs up from that. And then five minutes before a uh, guitar lesson, my oldest texted and said that her roommate has gotten COVID. And I met up with with, or rather, that's not true. He she said my roommate has symptoms that might be COVID but there's no test to be had for, you know, a week or something because everybody's getting it at the moment. So it's like, hmm, I met Alex the night before. So it's like, okay, maybe I should, you know, there's a reason for staying home. And then I listened to um, the Channing Nicholas astrology app. They did the, the general... Um, like the astrology Ooh. of the week, which is, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. I really enjoy it. There's a lot there. And she starts out by saying, you need to treat yourself with kid gloves today. And I just went,
3: yes. <laughs> it's like
0: validation of sorts. There was something there. I knew I was supposed to. And it just really felt good to have to have done that without mm. somebody telling me, without me saying, oh, I shouldn't because I don't want to be a nuisance and a bother and, you know, mess up other people's schedule and this, oh, I can get in such a.
2: Mm, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you listen to your body.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, cause I have been, I have been. I have been, I'm not, I have been so good at just, you know, just doing, just mm. doing. I can do all of the meetings I have. I just, I just, because I never actually sense into myself, you know, and it's like, yeah, I am actually sensing into myself and saying, no, I don't want this, right? For whatever reason. And I don't, eat. and I'm also practicing not saying I can't come because. So I wrote to the choir saying that I'm not coming today without giving any rationale. Just that. It's like,
3: whoop.
0: (laughs) there's lots of learning going on. It's fun that you can be 49 and still have an issue with this, but there you go.
2: Yes. Or even 80. I'm not 80, though. (laughs) I know. I know. But there are people with 80 that is getting in the shift, so I'm never late.
0: No, it's never too late for that. True. Uh, Which is a good thing. I like that. It is, you know, shifts can come, insights can come anytime. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I like that you found you were already making decisions for yourself that turned out to be in alignment with a, an astrology forecast. Um, <laughs> it reminds me, and I think I may have mentioned this to one of or both of you before recently, So, but not in this context, I don't think, is that I worked on a farm in the early 90s or the mid-90s, 1994, whichever that qualifies as outside of Austin, Texas for a a couple who had a, it was a, not an organic family farm, it was an organic, it was a family farm where they did not use pesticides, which is a big a difference,
0: step. right? Yeah, but, well, but still it, well, it's a step.
1: It's a step beyond organic. Beyond
0: right? organic. Yep. <laughs>
1: because yep. organic mean, or the term organic is a reference to the kind of pesticides being yep. used <laughs> yep. so, um, so yep. he was, the, Frank was, um. At the helm of most of the, the, the farm stuff, um, they had a couple of kids and Pamela was, was, was caring for them and, and doing the vegetable gardening. And he was doing the production farming essentially, but it was on 11 acres. And I asked him at one point, cause they were very connected to, um, they were both soil scientists, so they had this background with. Um, you know, within firmly grounded in science and they were very much in tune with the land and with the weather. And so there was this other element as well. And somehow, uh, the question of like farming by the, by the signs, farming by the moon, um, which is not the same, like, that's not what Cheney Nicholas is doing, (laughs) you know, and it's also not very distant from that. It's, it's, it's coming out of a different cultural tradition, but, um, and I asked him about that if he ever had any experience or exposure to that, and what he thought of it. And um, and he had said that he he knew about it, you know, but he'd never paid any attention to it. And he wasn't like uh, he he said, you know, he wasn't casting aspersions on it. He wasn't saying like ah oh, that's a bunch of fooey or anything. He just said my sense is that if I'm actually in tune with my plants and with the with the the weather and with the time of year and the movements of all these things. My sense is that I'm already doing that. Is that if you track what I'm doing, it's going to probably line up with whatever these suggestions are in terms of if the moon is full, you plant above ground crops, or you know whatever the yep. the, the routine yep. is. Um, and I think that's a I just love you know as Inma said, like you listen to your body when you're doing that, making those decisions. And I think that that's that's sort of central to that for me is that the body is this sophisticated instrument um mm-hmm. of of sense of sense sensorial um uh, information, you know making meaning of 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 what comes in through the senses that doesn't we don't always translate that into what should I do? but that information is always there, and the more then that we tune into it, the more we can actually align ourselves with what is what is actually happening in our in, in, immediate context.
2: yeah, yeah, totally agree with your friend is no. In my experience with winemakers, uh, the majority of them are the same as as what was his name? the former Frank Frank majority of them work beyond organic, and they get angry when when people ask uh, why are not you organic or, or and they say, "Well, because they put a limit to me that is lower. In quality. And, and I, my, I I could skew myself on that limit instead of sensing the land and, and living with the land and, and knowing the ancient knowledge about what my land, my soil is needing. And, and I remember Grafner, especially, saying, I was doing my stuff. And then I checked, oh, actually. The moon is with me and no, you are with the moon because <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's quite organic in the sense, uh, natural
3: to, to, I don't know, co-regulate. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fascinating to use that term in that yeah. context. <laughs> that's
2: brilliant. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that's accurate. I
2: mean, it's... I mean, it's, it's... The moon is co-regulating with every part of the planet that moves. <laughs> so we are no more special than that. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And And for me, it's the... I mean, the past three months or something, since I had that insight into the nudges of intuition and me not honoring them and just getting this boink on the head going, ah, that was why I was supposed to, you know, and and just so last or Sunday night, just not even feeling like this is a, is a nudge of intuition. Right. But, but. Now seeing that, oh yeah, that was one of those. And I didn't have to, I didn't feel the need to go up and analyze it and, and you know, is it does it make sense? Doesn't it make sense? Do I need to justify it or make it, you know there's a hmm. rationale for this there? And 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 I think that's the aspect of it that for me is the freeing one. This is yeah. where I don't have to, like I said, I can send a text to the choir without having to, you know, it's just enough for me to say I'm not coming.
1: Well, it makes me think too that it's it's um, a, like a sequence in meaning making. So, So there's this social convention which, uh, or a perception of a social pressure to provide an explanation. Like I'm not coming because, um, but th- that's this external w- in whether or not it's real is, is immaterial. Like if I'm feeling that pressure, then it's, then it's this, um, <laughs> if I'm feel if it is not real, maybe it's not external, but it's perceived as this external, um, <laughs> pressure, right. And so I'm responding to it as though it's an external pressure and if I Um, it's interesting to consider what meaning I might make later. If I disregard that pressure now. And so I can just say like, the answer is no, there's your answer. Thank you. Have a nice day. I'll see you next week. And, um, and then not even engage in like, I don't need to know why myself, let alone tell them, right. And it's only because there's this pressure to, to, to convey an explanation that I'm making, I'm coming up with a meaning an explanation in the first place. But so that to me makes the explanation that I come up with suspect because it's been derived under duress, (laughs) you know? And so if instead I just say like, ah, am I going to choir today? No, I'm not. Hey y'all I'm see you next week. I'm staying home. And then I go about the rest of my day. Um, it might be that tomorrow I find out why.
3: yeah
1: right. And then and that's not something that I've come up with, but rather that's something that's come to me. And so uh, I just that's fascinating to me to consider what what an imposition on our own process of meaning making or sense making. Um, that sort of pressure can be and and, like I said, whether or not it's 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 real is immaterial because I'm experiencing it and it's and it's affecting how i how i act um,
2: yeah and and on the other side of the coin, uh, the fact that you are not giving that explanation to others, it makes them at some point someone is gonna ask in their mind, well, why is she not giving us an explanation? And maybe it's a seed to the ripple, you know, to Mm -hmm. move forward and say, oh, I kind of like that. Uh, Even at the beginning, it could be frustrating for for the others. But at some point it's it's a a decision uh, to listen to whatever is there. And it could be interesting to see how that echo into the rest.
0: Precisely, which is this, this is kind of at the root of everything that is. It's like, we all matter, we all have impact, we all influence by what I do and what I don't do, by what I say and what I don't say, about how I say, how I do and how I, you know, it's like everything we do has this, the potential for ripples. And it does, I would even say not potential, it ripples.
2: Yeah, it does.
0: Right? Maybe there are big waves, very (laughs) visible ripples. But maybe it's like so small that I won't even know. But like you say, in five years, one of the choir members will not give a rationale when she says, no, because there's something in, you know, finally that ripple hit that beach front and said, oh, it's time. Um,
2: Yeah. It's it's kind of, we, we uh, tend to, well, human beings maybe tend to think that the shift happens with a breakthrough. Oh wow, I just, wow, I just got it. I'm sh- shifting now, right? But there is a lot of echoes coming before the breakthrough to put you in the position of shifting. So that that what you what you have done be could be or probably is part of that echo. And at some point, those colleagues at the, at the um, court will realize, oh, uh, if they don't have to think about what made them to get there, probably that was part of it or is part of it.
1: Yeah. It's, it reminds me of, you know, there's been some conversation around distributed decision-making and, and distributed process and, and, um, the, I want to say the dynamics of living systems and, um, like Helena, when you say like you're everybody's voice and actions matter. And that's because any, in a living system, anything, everything is always affecting everything else all the time. Um, and I thought about this in terms of. You know, that's true in a forest, um, that's true, um, in the biosphere. Um, you can also, I think, take that into the context of one's own life, um, and, and, and one's own day. Um, and, you know, I was, as actually listening to one of your conversations with Steve Emery the other day, and you're talking about the person who wants to write, but can't find five minutes to write. Right. And so, um. There's this, what, what came to me in listening to you, you all may have even said something about this eventually, but it was, it was as you were bringing this part of the, this part of the conversation was coming up. What I was thinking about was how, you know, there's this notion that you can, like, it's worth writing for only five minutes and, and that's something that may be a hard sell for someone who hasn't tried it yet. Right. Because they are thinking. A novel is going to take me a long time to write and that's what I want to write. So what is, what uses five minutes to me? Right. Um, but it's not, it's not just that, uh, it's not a linear process so that it's like that five minutes is worth more than five minutes, particularly your first five minutes. And, um, it's not just that it's exponential as opposed to linear, but rather that it's complex and that, um. If, if I have never if I want to write a novel and I've never written before, because I believe that I, I don't have time, there's also identity staked in that, and there's all, there are all these other aspects of, of, of my perception and my relationship with my context, uh, both internal and external, in terms of identity in terms of my daily schedule, in terms of all these different things. And when I, you know, chisel out five minutes between meetings tomorrow, Or wake up five minutes early and put my pen to paper. And that's all I got is five minutes the day after that. Like I've just become a writer first of all, and, and, and also everything that happens after that is now influenced by that action. I've taken that action and that, that has an impact on every interaction I have with every other person I encounter that day. And we don't, you know, I'm not saying it has this, it's not like. What's happened to you, you uh, did you just become a writer this morning? Like, it's not going to be like that, but this is that we have this, I think, misperception that if something isn't glaringly obvious, it doesn't matter. But re- because the reality is that in a living system, um, and even if that's just a metaphor for your daily life that, um, or, or if it's not, but that small, small actions can have outsized influences. Um, because you're, because this whole, it's cause it's complex. Um, and I, I just think there's, uh, there's so, it, it's so useful to, to realize that, to, to look at that. It has such a, it presents such a different image of, um, what an action means. And, and, um, it's, it's the, the, there's a, I think there's this, Maybe a questionable quote of John John attributed to John Muir, but the the idea that uh, when you pull out, you try and pull out any part of the natural world, you find that it's connected to everything else, and so this is this is the you know this is a description of a living system. But that's also true for my day and my relationships. Is that you know the whether or not I I I finally you know. If I spend another day not finding five minutes to write, that's that's influencing everything else in my experience and all my relationships. And if I do that for the first time, same thing is true, but it's a different influence.
0: And 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 just I was thinking when I was listening to you that it's easy to and and I mean the example comes from a, a conversation I had with Steve, but but it is as true in in regardless if those five minutes are you sitting down to write or you picking up a pen and paper and sketching something or you lying down on bed and actually just taking a five minute rest or you sitting in the office closing your eyes and just breathing for five minutes or you going to your husband or wife or partner or kid And just sit with them, you know, maybe hold hands. May you know, it's like it 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 or step outside barefoot and sit on the stoop with your feet in the on the ground, right? It's like so so just just to to put in something that might feel less doing, less productive, less result oriented. If I write I will be it's like, yeah, it's as, as valid a concept, whatever you choose to invest five minutes in, you know? It's like, okay, here's a f- precious five minutes. Maybe you're doing a big love meditation for five minutes in the morning, you know, doing that. Yes, it will impact because it
3: does. Um Or you give a hug for five minutes and you become a hugger.
0: I miss the hugs. I am really getting low. My hug battery is really running, not just on red, but it's like hovering just above zero. Which is not a good place for a hug battery. It should be way <laughs> up there in the greens. <laughs> um,
2: well, now you know where to find those five minutes to do what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And just, just step out, and the first person who passed by that Can How I look? hug you? <laughs> <laughs> five minutes.
0: <It's>, yeah. <laughs>
2: There's eight billions of us out there, so
0: there's there's somebody who will say yes, please.
1: Because <laughs> you're not the only person with a low hug battery.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. definitely no. No, that's true. Um,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's. Uh... I want to try and make a connection here. We'll see if this works or not. But that, uh, thinking about the idea of what, what wants to happen and where, where we were, where we just were before, before the hug question came in, um, in terms was, I was thinking about this process of the, 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 my intention now is to approach what I'm doing in terms of creating conditions for something to emerge. So it, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a re, uh, calibration or a re, a, a redefining of my role in relationship to what it is I'm doing. And I my sense is that I'm, I mean, I'm intending to be distributing agency beyond myself and personhood beyond myself and, and autonomy beyond myself. So that, you know, Carl Jung writes about, uh, a work of art having autonomy. It may not be fully autonomous. It's obviously not fully autonomous or we'd have spontaneous works of art, creating themselves. There'd be, you know, chips flying from marble in the <laughs> rock yard or whatever. But, um, but that but it's not just Michelangelo making David, but that David has Mm -hmm. That, that any, any work of a particularly, I think my sense is that the more someone refines their capacity as an artist and their skills and engages in the process, the more there can be a dance between the art and the artist. But so I'm seeking to do that with whatever it is that I'm doing is to, to, to acknowledge a certain agency to something that is emergent. Um, where definition is emerging in a liminal space. And so what I'm wanting to do is to create the conditions for that liminal space to be, uh, um, I don't know what the right word is like, I want to nourish or nurture that liminal space so that it can be, um, so that something can emerge from it. And there's a sense of like something in particular, maybe that I'd something kind of have a sense of what I want to have emerge. So if I want to, you know, if I want to make a marble sculpture, I'm not, it'll be a different process from creating a podcast. So there's some, you know, this. it's not like I'm not involved, but I'm also not like making it happen, you know? And so thinking about that as a, as a, an attitude or a, um, inclination or a, a way of being in relationship with the, with the process and or with a project, um, and, and then connecting that to what we were talking about earlier with sensing the body's answer, you know, am I going to choir tonight? Um, and the notion of if I'm in tune with my body, then I'm probably in tune with the cycle of the moon and with whatever else, the weather, um, and then bringing those in with this, who out of the, they're not obviously eight billion people in Malmo, but but there's but there's there's <laughs> there's, there's there's a there's enough that you can there's probably find a hug, 000. right? Yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of people in there that probably want to hug, and so um so just so I'm just playing with this, but then what if we put all those together and and I and 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 I walk out the door and I and I'm got a low hug battery. So then what is my relationship with my context? As I, as I walk down the street, um, then it's, I'm not it, so it's, I'm not. Wearing a free hugs t-shirt and I'm not just like tapping every person on the shoulder and saying, Hey, do you want to hug? Hey, do you want a?" Hey, hey. but rather, um, it's like uh, the, someone I worked with once had this, uh, I, this sort of, um notion this is probably a better word of sounding the tone of what it is that you want right so there's this sort of and you could do that literally that can be in metaphor but that this notion so resonating with like what what is the resonance of receiving a hug and so um, so maybe that's one way that I might walk down the street and create conditions for a hug to emerge with them um, Anyway, I'm just I'm playing with this, but those are connections that, yeah, that yeah. like they were Good <laughs> asking to be made. <laughs>
3: yes, yes, yeah. No, I think
0: that the that openness or willingness to to be open in a sense, right? It's like I can't receive if I'm closed, if I'm shut. So it it makes sense to me, oh. um, and again, it's valid. You know, it's like, it seems to be, at least, universally valid that there's a connection there. And I was thinking about a, a, a friend of mine who has been, you know, for the past few years working at, I want to do this, but I have to make money and I'm, trained to do this and I'm doing that but I want to do this but how can I do that how can I make money doing that how can I put it out there how do I yada 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 you know how do I market how do I all of these how do I questions and there's been a shift in her where she says oh fuck it I'll just do it I won't bother about the how do I I'll just do it and it's interesting because it is kind of linking back to that beginning thing of the the how do I do it is kind of in relation to some type of external norm theory supposed to be like this how do I do that that I see you doing and what's my version rather than just what wants to happen here, so she's like stepped into this what wants to happen, and is just flowing that, and it's quite liberating to to read her posts to see how all of a sudden her being in the world just has like you say there's a totally different tone to it there's a there's a there's an energy that she's transmitting that is totally different from this ah. Am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong? Should I be doing this, that, or the other thing? Or I really shouldn't, but I want to, but how? You know, that gives off a completely different energy. Hmm. No, Which probably links back to the gift economy. I'm thinking again, maybe that's one reason why that works kind of because you know that's the energy of it, and energy will flow. Um, if I kind of barricade myself and put up all of these walls against it, yeah, no, it won't work. You know, it'll have a hard time working, at least to put it that way.
1: There's a necessary, uh, um, I'm having a hard time getting the words I want this morning, but there's a, there's a, there's a necessary re- relinquishing of control hmm. to step into the gift economy that that to me, it has to do with this openness, right? Cause if I'm controlling everything, that's a kind of a closed energy. It's a, it's a narrowing of potential into like, no, I know what should happen and I'm going to make it happen, you know, and, or like, I know what you should do and I'm going to tell you instead of this wants to come through me and I don't know why, I don't even know what it is maybe yet, but, but I, but there's something emerging. It wants to come through. I don't know who it's for maybe, but that my job is to put it out in the world and see what happens, see who resonates with that. Um, there was, well, there's another direction I could go with that, but this is, um, let's, let's sit with the, the, the gift economy for a minute. Cause I think that's really, I mean, one thing is just, I'll just point, point to one thing is that this. This, I've been interested in this notion of being outside or inside of convention
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the gift economy. I mean, <laughs> my experience is that the market economy is the convention in the West and beyond the West now too, of course. I mean, maybe all along beyond the West too, but certainly th- that's my context is the West. And so the gift economy is not you know, it's pretty much outside of the convention, the the the, the dominant convention in the West, and so there's uh, there's some interesting stuff there, I think as well. But
2: mm, okay, I have the feeling that the
3: gift economy
2: is this. <laughs> Connecting the dot. Okay, it's these huggers that are all over the world, right? And the only thing,
3: because it's not noisy, because
2: we don't realize when it's happening, that is a gift. I think. Is more pervaded than the market economy. I think we do give more than buy or sell. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just we don't put it there, etiquette, the label that, oh, I am right now making gift economy. I am in this process of is the meta, the metaverse. <laughs> The meta process of gift economy is not as clearly shown as it is the market economy. But in any given day, I bet you there is more people giving and receiving than buying and selling.
1: That's a great point. Yeah. And it points to the, the, the power of, of, of a frame, right? Cause I think that this is, this is what I've just been bamboozled by that you've just opened my eyes to is that the, I mean, I've been working with this bamboozlement too, right? As I've stepped into the gift economy, it has shown me, oh, I've been living in a gift, I've been in the through, if I look at my life through a gift economy lens, I've been closer to thriving than I've ever been been increasingly thriving. But if I look at my life through a market economy lens, I'm an abject failure. And what, you know, so what's real? Well, I mean, depends on what lens you're looking through to a certain extent. And, but I think about when you say that in my, I think uh, like what comes up for me is. Two scenarios. What would happen if a or B what would happen if, um, everyone on the planet stopped buying and selling things tomorrow. Mm. Hmm. And then. What would happen on the planet if everyone, if everyone stopped giving and receiving? So exactly. two different options, right? So right. what would be what would be a more favorable outcome? <laughs> That's
2: right. That's right. And what I mean, would be the most impactful? You say that in English. Impactful. Impactful. Impactful uh, outcome, or or yeah.
0: Yeah. What would be the impact of this?
3: Mm-hmm. both would be a disruption. Yeah, Yes. definitely.
0: And, and in a sense, if I just kind of step into that first one, there's no buying and selling. And then I step into the other one, there's no gifting or receiving. My sense is that stepping into a world without gifting and receiving is much much closer to me that is like on my naked skin that is personal that would be felt like really felt on my in my personhood because how the fuck do i then relate to my, to my, my kids, to my neighbors, to the choir members, to my friends. It's like, I, I, I was, I won't be able to do anything.
2: It's you like, won't be able to leave. You I be won't dead. be able
0: to, precisely it's like, precisely it's like, ah, so that one is really, really close, whereas the other one, more has me out. The other scenario of, of there is no selling and buying, more has to The sense of there will be external structures crumbling; it (laughs) will fall down. the The shopping malls and the factory. You know, it's like a a a a crumbling of sense. But it it doesn't feel like it's on me. It's not my person. It is something external. Yes, it will impact everything, but. I will be able to continue yeah, living yeah, yeah. like you say in my yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, oh. and we've been talking about this as though the only people are humans. Right. Yes, so that's right. So right, if we consider Error. all the other people <laughs> on the planet who are have never picked up on the market economy, like trees, like fungi, right? And so one if we stop all the the buying and selling, nothing changes in the in the ecology mm-hmm. of the world. But if we stop all the giving and the receiving, life itself ends.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. And 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 that's, I mean, this is a thought experiment. We're not, of course, proposing that we try either of these. But it's a way of 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 parsing or of, of seeing, you know, what's actually present all the time, and how those two lenses. Uh, I mean, I guess my sense is that what one lens is clarifying and the other is, uh, um, distorting. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Like one, one lens is real and the other one is not. Yeah.
1: Or, and, or, you know, and, or even one is a lens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> precisely, precisely. I mean, I have this. I've had there have been moments in my life where I've encountered a way of seeing things that really has felt like a, a falling away of a, an obscuring lens. You know, and uh, we had a. When I was growing up, we had a kaleidoscope and it, the way that the kaleidoscope worked was there were all these like shards of broken colored plastic or glass inside of it. You'd look, aim it at a light source and you could rotate this mm. one end of it. And you'd, it would change, but it was the image was you'd see the world through it, but the world, it was like, you know, a funhouse mirror, but not a mirror. So you're looking through this, this lens that's distorting everything. And then if you put that down, then you see the world. And so, I think this is maybe like that that we've been given this lens of the market economy and told that that's what's real,
0: yeah
1: and it's it and it as long as we look through it, it keeps us from seeing what's real
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it is a distorting lens
0: and I flash on to bees like there's so much conversation about bees or pollinators, maybe we should say but but Like the general public, I think bees kind of signify they're the number one pollinator, even though I'm not actually sure that they are. There are so many pollinators out there, but but I mean bees. Where the the horror scenario that that goes around is this thing: if bees were to die, you know this whatever the virus is called uh, that goes around killing off beehives um you know in a year or two like you say in my life is gone it's like the life that we know is is to such a large extent dependent on that type of pollinator wind is also pollinator but and i've been i've been like you know stepping into and out of that question for probably, well, probably ever since I, I, you know, I, I'm a biology, I have a biology major, uh, right. So probably for the last 30 years, ever since I started at the university, I've been looking at this and, you know, there's, there's uh, a great book by a Norwegian author called Maya Sunde, I think, uh, about bees that is just excellent. And it's like a, It's now and it's a hundred years in the future when there are no bees and, and just every human on earth is basically a slave bee because we have to be the pollinators ourselves. It's just really fun, not fun, but it's a good way to shock the system. But
3: thinking about it in this context...
0: It is the market economy buying and selling stuff that I believe is the cause for a lot of the problems that we see in bees, for instance. It's pesticides, it's monocultures, it's, you know, all of those things that we are so good at doing really doesn't sit well with bees. And and just plowing, because that means that all of the, the, the bees that live in the soil are like My house is destroyed every season, right? So if we were to shut down that, whoa, happy days. Bees are back in business again. And again, thinking if we were to shut down (laughs) the gift economy side, okay, we're effectively saying not just bees, but bees also out of business. Okay, everybody knows without bees, there won't be You know, ninety nine percent of all of the crops that we are dependent upon as in modern society, they're just gone, right? People, we know that ninety nine was me. I made that up, but you know, so it's fun to kind of put that perspective onto these different aspects and realize that, yeah, precisely. It's like, oh yeah, maybe there's. Yeah, there's something to this thing. And then I, I struggle personally not to go into that. But how do I then?
2: Sending an email to, or a text to the chorus saying, I'm not coming today.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you, because that's the, I think that's the, (sighs)
2: That's the like, connection. I mean, that is where precisely. the length or no length, the no length are, is, is to see the gift economy, to yeah. see all the gifts we give and all the gifts we receive every moment of the day. To see them, to, 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 app- to see them first and then appreciate them, of course, but
3: yeah.
2: at least to be aware of them. Yeah, I think it's impossible to live, to be a living being without the gift economy.
1: Well, I'm reminded of what Dave Snowden said recently uh, that, um, which I had been misquoting. I listened to this is a um, conversation he had with Nora Bateson and he said, uh, the gift economy is an indication mm. that you want to be in
2: community, community. I and i'd that. been
1: hearing originally i'd heard that as an invitation you know it's an invitation to community I, maybe it's both but in terms of what he actually said it's an indicator to to give and receive gifts Is an indication that you want to be in community um and and as i've uh framed it uh, probably borrowing this frame from someone else but i can't remember <laughs> uh, is that um that in uh, the market economy, where we keep track of mm. of of the numbers and who owes who what, all of that is for the sake of um, avoiding, avoiding both um connection between people. Mm. so mm. that when i you know when I order a pizza and the pizza is delivered, I pay for the pizza, I give a tip and we're done right like there's no social no, there's no social contract between me and the pizza the person who delivers the pizza, who made the pizza, who owns the pizza store, because I've got my pizza, they've got their money Now if I you know, if I stiff them, if I give them a counterfeit twenty dollar bill or something, then like, yeah, they're going to come back. Like now, there's a connection between us, but it's you know, it's not a, it's not the kind I of mean, social bond we know, right? Yeah. yeah. But but if but if I, um, but if I love making pizza, and I make a bunch of pizzas and go and hand them out on the street, um, and I, I don't like it's a gift. If it's truly a gift, then there's no expectation of of of, return. Right. And so, um, because that would make it a transaction or exchange. And so, um, and it's, this gets tricky when you're living in a market economy and seeking to participate in a gift economy, because I think that we, you know, there's a a sort of like perfect or, or, or ideal or archetypal way of doing the gift economy. And then there is how you navigate gift economy while still needing money to pay for food because you live in the world of a market economy and so um you know i have offered things in the gift on a gift economy basis and well it's interesting because i actually have offered them without any expectation of return i have invited a gift in return um and received gifts in return but there's uh, I guess the, the discipline or the practice is in really examining my intentions, I, is this something, am I, am I willing to do this if I don't receive anything and that's sort of the litmus for whether or not I'm sh- actually showing up true to this ideal of a gift economy. Um, but that within a gift economy, the purpose of giving and receiving is to create and develop social bonds, which when distributed creates a social fabric, otherwise known as a community, right? This is why it's the indication. And so it's, it's the opposite. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not exact opposite, but it's on the other end of the spectrum or it's the, a, 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 a very, it's, it's a starkly different way of doing things It generates. Well, I think it generates opposite results, um, is that we have increasingly look around you. <laughs> what, who, what are the statistics on depression? What are the statistics on suicide? What are the, like, and are we living in a market or a gift economy? And so particularly of course we I mean, I know the last two years we've been weathering a pandemic and extenuating circumstances all over the place. But even before that, um, this has been, it, you know, social woes have been increasing. The market economy is not making things better on that level. But we're, we're not measuring that so much as we're measuring GDP or etc. cetera.
0: It's interesting. This will be episode forty forty three, 43, I think. Yeah, 43. What will be episode 40? Uh, me and Andy. Go into the gift economy too. Uh, Speaking about a lot of these things, kind of from the same perspective, and and, you know, totally different the way that it is. um, But it it makes me realize how much of my wherewithal at the moment is wrapped up in this thing of of. Do we thrive together or do we die together? This, this, the togetherness of it, um, where there's a lot of not-togetherness visible, even though, as we have now pointed
3: to, if you actually think, there's a lot of
0: togetherness. It's really a lot of, A lot more togetherness than I think that we are aware of or that we acknowledge or, you know, even, yeah, that we, you know, we, I, I don't think we see it. I don't think I see it, but I am definitely going to be kind of, you know, it's like, okay, maybe it's not a gratitude journal. Maybe it's a gift economy journal that I can, you know, just to. Same thing. Yeah, precisely, but, but it just, it tints it differently. There's a different, it's like, what's there? Um, but yeah, yeah because, it
2: is. Yeah, because the, 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 door, the journal, you say, thank you for uh, whatever is given to me. And in the gift journal would be, thank you for what I giving to the world. Yes. So that will just.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other side
2: of the coin. Well,
1: I'm thinking back to what you were pointing to a friend of yours, I think talking, stumbling across this, like, how do I, you know, like I want to get there, but I'm here. Like, what's, how do I actually make that transition? And I mean, it resonates with me and part of, I mean, for me, the gift economy has been a part of my answer to that question, a part of how that question it's not like I answered a thought up it's, it's, it's how I've been finding my way, cause I don't know, you know, but I've, I have been just doing that. Um, and, um, I, I don't know where I was going to go with that. I'm just thinking about surrender again, and sort of this re- relinquishing control. Um, and uh, again, in terms of, you know, that's. I found that that is a, like a, 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 a cost of doing business in the gift economy to use a funny term for that, but, um, or metaphor for that, but that, um, it's also in terms of creating conditions for something to emerge. That's there's also that letting go of control. Um, and, uh, and so it's been a, I mean, and for me, like it's been, uh, I've been in a situation where the way that I make money to live in a, to survive in a market economy has been, uh, deleterious to my health, um, and I won't go into the details of that. It's kind of nuanced. It has because of my trauma history and all sorts of various things, but that's been the situation. And so I've needed to escape this way of, of, um, making a living, which, which I can't remember who it is now, who recently I was finding, you were pointing to that as an, an obscene term um okay <laughs> and so yeah and and uh um so there's been a particular motivation from i've had a need to escape this and and it's uh moving in the direction of the gift economy has just been what has been most resonant um and does, I can't say it makes sense because it because I'm still like from certainly what depends on whether or not you're looking through the market economy lens, whether it makes sense. Of course it doesn't through that lens, but, um, but I've just been engaging in this way of being this sort of, uh, baseline process of, of, of just showing up in the world and giving what I have to give. I remember that when I was working my, my, my most difficult job as an employee working for a company, um, the language that kept coming out of me was about, um, you know, I was talking with a a sort of a mentor in that context who, who was asking me like, what is it that you want? Like, this isn't working. What do you want? I was like, I want to be able to give my gifts to the world. And, and, and I feel like doing this work is preventing me from doing that. Um, and I'm just doing it to keep food on the, on the table and a roof over my head. It's a, it's a nightmare scenario. And that's always generally been my experience in the market economy. Um, but what I've been doing is like, I don't know how this is going to work, but the pandemic has been a useful disruption for me in that regard. So that it, it, what has made the most sense is for me just to focus on giving my gifts to the world and to to give them like you know i mean you will be getting a bill for my appearance on this podcast Elena, just to let you know but that um i mean of course i'm joking but if we didn't have a gift economy like i mean this is we wouldn't be having this conversation if we stopped giving and receiving right but this is not a market economy context and um that's been true for my creative work that's been true for you know all of these things and I still don't know, like, I'm still not making, there's still, I'm still having to rely on a market economy gig to put food on the table. Um, and I'm still moving away from that. And so something's going to have to give at some point and I'm just surrendered to, I'm doing what it, what feels like I'm, what it feels like I'm supposed to do. Um, and, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. I can't know what's going to happen. I can't make it happen. I'm S this is again creating conditions for, for something appropriate to emerge.
0: So when you say relinquish control, what do you mean? What does that mean for you?
1: Well, it's funny because I think control is an illusion.
0: I agree. Right.
1: (laughs) And, and so there's, it's, it's on a, on a certain level, it's about a mindset, um, or a, or a, a belief, Mm -hmm. um. I mean, I had a, I had an experience, uh, a number of years ago, I was in a, a 12 step recovery program, uh, that I no longer participate in that particular program, but, uh, I met someone in that context and was having a, was in, engaging in fellowship with them. And, and, um, talking about this idea of turning, turning things over to one's higher power, which is the term that's used in that context. Generally speaking, some people say God, some people say somebody else, something else, um, but that, uh, this idea of I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Well, what happens if you just turn that over and let somebody else take care of that for you, you know, so, so that I'm not worrying and I can, there's still things for me to do, but I can just turn that over to, to my higher power and this person I was engaging in fellowship with had said, well, what happens? You know, I said, they said that they were looking into just turning everything over, just like, not just like my rent this month or, you know, what's happening at work or whatever, but that, but like, what if I just like all of this, like, it's yours now, I'm just gonna wake up in the morning and do what I gotta do. But like, I'm like, I'm just turning everything over the, all the outcomes over to higher power. And my, my initial response was like, well, that sounds irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you, like, are you sure you want to do that? Right. And it's really, there's a lot of, there's a lot of humor in this for me, but there's, um, uh, in part, just cause I'm looking back at this was 2009. This was a while ago, you know? And so, um, but then speaking of ripples, right. That, that this started a process in my thinking in my perception and uh, even I think in my epistemology that that I was uh, I just started examining like you know I, I started thinking about what are the things that were most important to me and um, what would happen you know what does it mean to turn to rel- let go of control of an outcome and the upshot was that what I realized was that I didn't have co- there was no control I had to give you <laughs> right. Honestly. But but the but what's significant though is how do I show up when I'm holding on to an illusion of control, and how do I show up when I've let go of when I've recognized the control is illusion and re, you know let go of any sort of behavior or action um, that that seeks to impose control on anything or everything.
0: Because it's it's interesting. I was drilled by a um, a coach of mine in 2013, I think. About musts, I must do this or else. I must do this or else. I must do this or else. And and it was the same thing that I had to do that I just wasn't doing for a client, and he was just challenging me over and over again. What do you mean must, you know? And somewhere along there, you know, after him asking this 15 times, finally, I kind of threw my hands in the air and said, well, okay, fuck it. I don't have to do that thing. And just woof, the sensation that came with that was, was quite something, but a lot. It is linked to this aspect, this notion of control, which for me also, I have also come to the insight, the understanding, it is my knowledge, my knowing that control is an illusion. We think we can control things. It's like, I can control now that my hand lifts this pen up. Yes, absolutely. But I have no fucking idea what's going to happen in a second, even. You know, I just don't know because the power might go out or, you know, it's like, I don't know. We don't know. We don't have control. We can say what's reasonable, what's probable, you know, probabilities. We will continue talking for an hour, you know? Do we know? No, we don't know. We can't know. Right? So intention can be there, right? But but. As with so many other things, there are always these little pockets, these little corners where I know this, but it doesn't apply over here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: It's like, oh, yeah, money, this, that, and the other thing. And you can be this, relaxed. but over here. Or how we influence each other. Yeah, that's all fine and done. But me and my mom, you know, it's like... You always have these personal exceptions to the rules. It's like, sorry, but there actually isn't any personal exceptions to principles, to (laughs) principles of gravity. There isn't any personal exception. I don't have a harder time with gravity than you do, Matthew. It's like Uh it doesn't apply. Unless, unless,
1: Unless you're an advanced practitioner of transcendental meditation.
0: Yeah. But sorry,
1: I'll, I'll shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or if you're in a rocket ship going, you know, away. It's like, okay. Yeah. But those aren't, it's like, it's not a personal exception in a sense. Right. Um, and control is the same. It's like, yeah, I know this. And then there are these little pockets where, oh, I had the hardest time relinquishing my belief about control. Uh, which it truly is, because it is a belief.
3: It isn't there. It it just isn't there.
2: Define control.
1: <laughs> what is the what is the etymology of control?
2: I wonder. Because you. you is is controlled that you decide to breathe, is, that you are breathing. Is that control? No,
0: cause I actually, breathing is kind of tricky. I can control part, I can control parts of it, parts of it I can't control. Cause I can't hold my breath until I suffocate and die. Cause the system will take over. I can hold my hands on somebody else and and kill them by stopping their system from working, right but but I can't do that to myself, but control, I think for me is when I think I can impact in such a way that there's a certainty that something will happen. I am certain. I will get a paycheck. I am certain that I will, you know, I will meet up with my, my kid. I, you know, that, that I think that it's given that's, I think, you know, it's when I think that there's a given. and, and there are givens, the sun will rise. But it's not on account of me controlling
3: it. Okay.
0: That's mine. What about you, Matthew?
1: Well, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's like treating reality, like a mathematical equation, like what, you know, if, if a plus B then C, um, and, and, and it's, I mean, you know, so what. In terms of the illusion of it, like what the, the easiest example is coming out of that same context of what I was just, you know, talking about turning over, letting go of control, turning over outcomes to higher power was this. Um, I had a dog at that time and, um, and my dog was the, that was the dearest relationship to me there was a a lot, uh, well. I'd been through a really difficult relationship an abusive relationship. And that relationship with that dog was a, um, there was a lot of salvation for me in that, like there was a lot of, of, uh, of, um, uh, resource in that relationship. And so I was, um, and the dog was like nine years old so in a small dog so you likely to you know you sort of expect they live maybe 15 16 or something you never know but like i was i was concerned this is one of the things i didn't want to let go of control of like to like give that away was like i i can't afford to lose my relationship with this creature and um but then i was just like well i mean fuck what if, <laughs> how exactly am i influencing the, I mean, I'm feeding her every day. We go for walks. I do like, I, I, I show up here. in that relationship in a, in a way that's conducive for the good health, health of us both and our, her continued survival and so forth. She was dependent on me as a domesticated animal in a human context, all these things, but you know, fact of the matter is I didn't know at the time, but she had a malignant tumor in her spleen. And by the time I find out it was, it was. Even if there was surgery, it was not going to, she might live for another year, but her life would be miserable. Right. I was not willing to do that to her to, to, we just let that run it, run its course, but, um, but so this, that was a, there's that's showing me the illusion of it, but the, the, the sense that I have control over that is that somehow my actions are determining the outcome. Mm. And, and there's certainly. I think it's true that they influence the outcome, but determination is something different,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what control is about. I think is that is this notion that I I'm determining the outcome of something.
2: Yeah, but coming back to uh, you answer to your friend, that that is a responsibility. So it's it's right the opposite. Is that is my responsibility? It's it's my responsibility to to not control.
1: That's the way I see it now. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking about, you know, how, you know, uh, Helena, when you asked me about control, um, so I've already had this epiphany about control as an illusion, right? I, I, I know that, but I'm using language that, that glosses that over that, 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 um,
2: you
1: know, because, and that's what I started thinking about is, is that in order for us to open this up, I have to explicitly, we, we have to define control. I tell my, my epiphany story, I, uh, right. So why is it that I'm using this sort of dumbed down language that, that I'm using this, this language that, that presupposes control as possible, because if I'm saying I want to let go of control that there, what is implicit in that is the notion that I have control to let go of, right? Which was, that was what my epiphany was, but what's interesting to me about it. That is why, why do I use that language that way? And for me, the answer is because I'd never get anything done because I'd have to exp- this, what we've just had, what we've just opened up in this conversation. I would have to have that conversation with everyone. I would have to explain this to everyone. I mean, not everyone, everyone, but generally speaking, this is something that people, um, quote unquote, don't know there's a belief in place that control is possible and that's part of the cultural surround that's, that's the, um, part of the, the, the collective belief system that's generally speaking invisible to us. Um, and so this was, uh, that belief being made visible to me is the process that I described and what does it mean to let go of control? Oh, I don't have control. Um, but that, that was, uh, I mean, I don't know how much of that was my own. Construction and how much of that was received opinion, how much of that was just what the, the culture provided. And I was just like, okay, you say that's the way it is. So it is, um. But I think that's interesting that, you know, and so, and so then it's interesting too, is, is that helpful? (laughs) You know, is that, is that, you know, am I, you know, it's not my job to go around waking people up, but, uh, but maybe it's also, you know, maybe there's something like almost inherently codependent in that of like, you know, oh uh, no. I can see you've got a hangover so I won't be really loud, you know, like, like, stuff. I thought you'd have a hangover. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <You> know, <like>. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but I mean, it's this aspect of, of of the language and how it can both be very, very helpful and dupe us totally. It's like, I have another one of these insights I had kind of along the the same period of time as the the must and, and control thing is this fact that you can't make me feel anything. I make me feel by reacting to you, which does not, again, I have to say this every time, does not mean that I condone you being an asshole. You know, that's not it. But if you are, it's on you first of all, and I still have choice. I still have agency of how I respond to you being an asshole, right? And I, sh- I want to, so I, w- when control. it comes to. Th- no, well, hmm, no, for okay. me, it's rather just being like using language in such a way that I don't a false picture that I don't say in my you just made me angry I say I got really angry now
2: you know okay okay
0: just so so that because again if you listen to music we've had this conversation I think it's like you make me happy you make me feel whole you make me everything this that and the other thing it's like no I do when I am in relation with you and and you're point here Matthew to the word control and relinquishing control kind of the same thing is there a way to actually not use that those words and still convey the same thing but coming from this more correct I don't know way of of describing it or or pointing to it in such a sense that precisely that is like it's actually more accurate in a sense because it is, you know, comes from me, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but yeah. relinquishing control, when it comes to control, I'm like, because it's easy to shift from you make me angry to I got really angry now. That's an easy shift, even though it's taken me quite some time to rewire myself. I think I very, very seldom. Blame anybody else for what I'm feeling anymore. Um, but when with control, it's like how can you how could we could we come up with a a way to to say this that has the same kind of that that more accurately portrays what it is that you're pointing to without duping people or without confusing people so that nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about cuz that's not very helpful either
3: what
1: determines an outcome is always distributed
0: Come again. <laughs> okay <laughs> what does that mean
1: <laughs> at least in the context of a of a living system hmm. um what are we going to talk about today Who's, who's in control of what we're talking about. I, I, I mean, I, this is, I'm coming at this sideways. I, I know, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure where I'm going, but that, that, that stand, I'm just thinking in terms of acknowledging the illusion of control is, 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 is on, is like the threshold here. Um. And, and I'm going to adjacent to this is what you're, when you're talking about responding to people and it can get, you can get into sort of a circular thing with control in terms of interpersonal relationships. Um, right. And, and the, um, cause there are ways of, of manipulating people that involve saying what they want to hear. And there are ways of manipulating people that involve yelling at them or threatening them or whatever. And so there's many different ways that this can happen. There are these sort of what look like passive means of manipulation, which are actually quite active. They're just very well veiled. Right. And they may be even unknown to the person perpetuating them, but that, that nonetheless, the intention is an intention of manipulation. And that's what actually happens. Right control. So, um, but that in terms of you make me angry, I like, that you say I got angry Because you didn't say I am angry because that's also a really significant thing to parse is that because if I say anything that follows I am is a matter of identification, whereas anything that follows I have is a matter of possession. And, but you can go even what I, maybe we've talked about this before in another setting, but that I've, uh, you know, anger is there is anger is to me the cleanest sort of most accurate, sure. uh, portrayal of what's happening is that, sure. is that mm, anger is arising <laughs> it's it's cause I don't even, cause do I actually possess that anger? Like it's moving through me, yeah. maybe it possesses me for a moment or I, but I don't even think that's true, but that, but in terms of, so I know that this is not it, this is adjacent to the question that's being asked, but that. The way I'm responding, I can resp I can answer that question. And I think that we can, I think that that's a useful like structurally useful to this question of, of control. I just don't have the language for I've examined that before, so I can speak to that off the top of my head, but that, um, but it's about honesty and, uh, it, it's not, I don't know, honesty maybe has the wrong flavor, but that, uh, accuracy, s- something to do with accuracy and honesty in terms of being honest, being willing to see what's real in terms of being honest with myself about what's actually happening, what's actually present, which is the accurate part. And then speaking, conveying that to another person with language that is not manipulated that it, so that's where it gets to be manipulative. If I say, I assume that you don't know what I'm, I assume that you think control that you actually have control over things. So I'm going to cater to your belief in the way that I phrase what I'm saying. And so how can I then instead say, speak about control in a way that is in alignment with my, uh, understanding of what control is available or what my relationship with control actually is. And let that govern my speech with disregard for what your belief system might be.
2: Mm. I know how. Writing an email saying, "I'm not going to the college tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's there it's the same i think I think we are it may be a part of the path, but it's part of the process to to get to to being aware, but it's just part of the process to use the language uh, control doesn't exist, or it's an illusion, to use that language may be helpful in the process or in the part, in the beginning of the process. But the same with give economy and market economy, right? Okay. Say market economy is the, what what the word, did you you use the construction? The, the... Market economy is the real thing, and, and it's in the West, uh, is, is, is how we live, mm. but it's not real. Mm. Right. Right? So if I want to step out of market economy and being living in this economy. No, you are living in this economy already. Yes. Yeah. Be aware of that. When you are, same, same example, mm. control is an illusion. Okay, you can use those words if, if you if we want to at the beginning of or to to yeah. to to uh, at the beginning of the journey to be aware of that but then uh, at some point there is a there is a, that is out of the question and and you are aware and then you just send an email saying. I don't control what you think, I don't want to control what you think, I'm just going to say to you a decision I made because I know my body or or I am in in conversation with my body and the control part of it, it doesn't even uh, appear, it's just not there.
0: Can you shift your, the... The one that is on your mic. There you go. Um, this, Inma, is your superpower. <laughs> uh, you are—you rock the metaverse. It's like you are so good at kind of going from the the inside the box outside and just you know seeing. Okay, you were just in another box, my friend. <laughs> you know. You're just in books again, right? You are so good at this. It's so fun to, to just see with, with the ease with which you just woof. Okay. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. I fell down another box. Um You're thank so you. good at that.
1: Well, it's about putting down a lens again, you know. It, it's like the and, and and to use the term um, it can be to like validate that lens. Um, mm. and, and I appreciate what you're saying. Like the, yeah, in the beginning you, you've sorting it out, you can, you know, but once we get past the threshold and like, what, like, why are you using that term? Like, yeah, let's just l- let this falls away. That's, um, why would we carry dead illusions forward? Right. That, that, you know, and so just to. Mm. Um, mm. because it, it, it privileges that frame if we keep using that language and the whole point is to leave that frame behind.
2: Yeah. And, and that, uh, it's, it's the system that we did is really porous, P- porous. You say that like the, 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 the membrane is not, uh, it's porous and, yeah. uh, That is organic, right? We use the word organic as we use control. Oh, it's brilliant. We have so many organic farms now. They are converting more and more and more. Well, actually you are just controlling.
3: So uh, it's subtle,
2: but it's everywhere. So when we when we try to delay, we were uh, at the beginning. We were we were like uh, how the how the ripples, the echoes, the yeah. We are in that phase still. That we need those things. We need to control is an illusion. We need organic farms. We need yeah. We are there. But the idea, or, or or the the journey, has to get out us out of there. The same as the journey is gonna is gonna not has to is gonna get us realizing the gift of breathing in and out I'm giving and receiving my twenty four hours a day. Right, that realization. It has, is our, is where we are going and that's gift economy, <laughs> but again, it, it's part of, of the process, I think. Uh,
1: what comes to mind is, is demonstration. Okay. Um, it, this is like a, just another angle, but, or, or maybe another way of saying what you're saying. I think it is, is that, um, like, don't tell me, show me, um, like rather than let's talk about market economy versus gift economy. Like here, this is for you, (laughs) you know, um, and uh, right. And, and that there's, uh, because on a certain level in the same way that using the language is carrying the frame forward, so is having a conversation about the language it's like. You're smart, you can figure it out. Watch this. This is how I do it, yeah, and, you know, and I feel like that's'm a, a kind of uh, encouraged to see that I, I think that's what I've been trying to do increasingly, although in this conversation, obviously I'm talking about control and market economy and all that, but that in my life in my larger frame of my life that that's what I've been um. I didn't decide to do that. But in the same way that, like, you, you, Helena, you realized you were in tune with the astrology forecast, like you just were doing it, and then you discovered, oh, I'm doing that. It's the same sort of retrospective mm-hmm. awareness of it. But that mm-hmm. um, there's something, uh, I don't know, that to me, to me, that seems that simple and straightforward and clean or clear. And, 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 Um, there's no, uh, it's sort of stripped of all of the uh, uh, accoutrements of the old frame, like, uh, so instead of, um, because there's also this sort of, if I'm acting like I need to convince you of something, I'm giving you power, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying that. Right. I mean, that's in the equation of, my way relationship. of controlling relation Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, so what if instead of just like, well, this is the way it looks to me. Like, it looks to me like this is the path. So I'm going to take this path. You can do whatever you want, but I'm going this way. Um, and that there's, uh, there's a gift in that there's a number of, there's like positive and negative gifts in terms of not good and bad, but like. Um, I'm, I'm active or active and passive gifts. Like I'm, 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 um, making a path or I'm leading the way down a path that exists either or both. And, um, and I'm letting you be like, I'm, I'm leaving you to your own decision, to your uh, to trust, you know, you can, your judgment's fine. You can make, you'll know what's good for you just because it's good for me. Doesn't mean it's good for you, but this is what I'm doing. Um, and then I'm also damage, I'm modeling. Like you don't have to follow the crowd. You could, you don't have to do what received opinion tells you to do. You can tune into what, you know, whatever sort of, um, somatic, uh, epistemological resource you might have developed for yourself and, and, um, make decisions according to that, but none of this is me saying, let me tell you how I made this decision, let me tell you the frame that you're using that's wrong. And let me any of that, but rather, cause that's none of that is in alignment with that's just like uh it's resistance it's a drag it's 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 uh it's um uh it's like the the sandbags in a balloon right i mean it's if i really want to it's it's just slowing down my pro you know my progress um and it's it's beside the point essentially i
0: yeah. get a uh i don't know if this actually does connect but I connect it. I just finished reading Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, because we have it for my gifted book club tomorrow night. And in it, the female protagonist, um, doesn't know how to, how to read and write. And she comes across, or she comes across somebody who starts to teach her how to read or write. Starting, like, you know, the basic man, dog, you know, it's like, you can do that. And then coming to this really long word. And the beauty of it was a long word is just, you know, it's just many short words. You know, you don't need to be afraid of long words. It's not harder. If you, if you know how to read dog, you know how to read hierarchy. You know, it's like, it's it's no different. It's the same principles at work. And, and that's kind of a little bit, I don't know why I kind of sink to this, but it's this belief that, and I'm probably really guilty of it, this belief that we need to dumb it down. We need to make it so. And that's one of the beliefs that we have, that. You know, oh, no, this is a long word. This is a hard word because it's long. It's like, why is it hard? Because it's long. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's a couple of more letters, but that's it. If you know the alphabet, it's not an issue, right? So that is a helpful
3: frame for me, too, this thing that
0: we don't have to make it so put all of these, um, words on it, like hard and, and difficult and, and stuff. It's like, what if it isn't, you know, it was just all of a sudden there's a lot more room there too, um, which in essence, in my, is what I experience physically when you say, oh, I have an example. Typing a letter to the choir saying, I'm not coming today. Oh, yeah, you're, you're kind of taking away this hardness from me, this difficultness, this image I have of it has to be. How do I? Well, you've just done it. It's like just bringing me back home to that simplicity of it. Um.
3: Yeah. It reminds me,
2: we are reading the um, Bra- braiding sea seaweed sweet, uh, sweet grass sweet, sweet, grass. sweet grass. <laughs>
1: That would be a good book, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good title. Um,
2: and the three sisters and how they they uh, interact with each other. And there is a moment that uh, she, she's um, talking about. It's not like the beings. Is telling the other two, oh I'm gonna help you here. I can help you, I can help you here. Or it's not like the the car is saying, look, because I am this in this form, I can help you there. It's not none of that. There is not that relationship of of telling. <laughs> of
0: telling the others, of precisely. Telling the,
2: other. the relationship is I'm doing my job <laughs> and I'm doing my job and I'm doing my job and it happened probably because evolution got us here much before men we were talking about how to do things, <laughs> men and women. Um, it, it happened that three of
3: us together, we make a hell of a co- community, a, team of a, team, yeah. a hell of a team. So, and and the three of them
2: has different gifts, and the three of them use their gifts. It's the only thing they do. They use their gifts, right? So bringing that to us. When you were saying Master, I don't have to tell you. Follow me through this path. i just going to do my path here i'm going to walk it through and and you can follow or you or or whatever you want there is a part
3: of that that
2: i i have that my intuition tells me that it will work when everyone is aware of their gifts Mm.
3: when when everyone is able to
2: recognize to, to know their own gifts. And then and then when you walk your path, you won't have to tell the person what with me. Because that person will be worth walking his or her path too, and the synergies and the community and and the system, the living system will work. Mm-hmm.
3: But meanwhile, i'm not i i'm not i don't <laughs> the the trans- the transcendent path to that i don't know if
2: because my my body tells me don't preach i i i i more than that i i uh i had a i i <laughs> i have a son right And I followed that principle of not telling what to do to my son. When he was a he was born. Many people around me were like, but you have to because you need to show him, tell him, teach him. And I'm like,
3: I don't understand that. Right, but
2: um, it's 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 uh, complex. It's simple. It's, it, for me. It was simple to make that decision when he would work. He's another person. He's not me. He's not part of me. He's another person. So I don't have to tell him what to do and how to be the beneath, because he is the right the system that we live in makes that relationship much more complicated. Because because we tend to because the, the, the culture tells us to do that to tell them because you are the you are the adult and and that's the culture. And then makes things complicated because then we forget that Okay, so is he me? Is I, I am him? Um, and in which point there is a rupture there that not natural because it's when 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 she goes to university or when she goes to live with another, and then there is that rupture there. Well, is that natural? We don't know that because we are not we are complicating things that are more simple, and at the same time there is a complexity in that. In that simple thing that has to do with how difficult it is to say thank you every time you take breath. Hmm. That's the complexity, the complexity of the awareness of the doing it, of, a, of, of the doing your gifts. That's the complexity in it. Once you realize that, and then that is, the complexity is part of it, it's simple.
1: I think, yeah, I think, you know,
3: th-
2: intuition I'm, thinking...
1: is, I'm talking from intuition, I'm not mm-hmm. right. Well, I mean, an intu I mean, in, I think that's key actually, you know, just, I mean, that's, um, that intuition is what leads Selena to and the email to the choir people. Right. I mean that, right. So that's, and, and that also it's key because what keeps coming up for me is that through the way people are taught, you know, told to parent the, what we all learn in publics, you know, in sort of the Western schooling system is that there is one right way and we're going to show you what it is and you're going to do it because it's your job to comply. And this is, this is consonant with the top down hierarchical structures of Western culture. And it is antithetical to the bottom up distributed way of being together that nature shows to us in every setting, (laughs) Hmm. um, whether it's an individual organism or an ecosystem or the biosphere. And, um, because if, uh, because if we, if there's only one, right, if we, if we pretend (laughs) or we believe that's probably a kinder way of saying it, if we believe, uh, that there's, there is one right way of doing anything and then we make everyone do it that way, well, we're either right or we're wrong. And things are either going to go perfectly or all the way to hell. And if instead we allow everyone to rely, we support everyone in learning to rely on their own intuition, then we have 8 billion different ways of doing everything, which changes the you know, the stats for the outcome, the probability of the situation, very, very, you know, so that we have, instead of like, let's just go, like, reductive materialism is the way to go. Let's just go that way. Let's put everything on red, you know? And it's like, well, all right. So do we really want to place that bet? Where is placing that bet brought us? And what if instead, we've talked about this before, I think in terms of, You know, the, I, uh, um, I don't know if it was on this podcast or not, but referring to a, a, a Buddhist by the road episode, both Buddhas by the roadside episode, easy for me to say, um, we're talking about making decisions on a national level versus allowing cities to make decisions for what works for them. And that that's the big like that's still within a top down structure but it's moving towards a distributed decision making process and it changes so if 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 sweden choose if on the national level there's one top down decision for this is your response to a crisis then you either get it right or you get it wrong everybody goes down together or if malmo and stockholm and every city makes their own decision then there are that many chances for getting it right and and, and it's one does it's not none of nothing's ever one size fits all right and so that i mean that's just the reality of it and if you we if we behave in a way that's in alignment with that what's real which is that no one size fits all then we're like much more likely to have suitable like favorable outcomes yeah. um and i think that this intuition piece is really key like we're talking about what is into, I mean, we could say what is intuition, right? I mean, we could define that too. I mean, my sense of it is that intuition is a, is a, uh, it's not an additional sense. It's more like a summation or a, 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 uh, yeah, you know, not sentence. There's a better word. There's a more, there's a more appropriate word than, uh, more nuanced. Is the, is
2: the right part of the brain way of sensing?
1: it's taking in all it's it's yeah it's like it's relied so that there are multiple inputs and a whole picture that they form Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: so it's so it's so it's right brain dominance yeah. which so it's left and right hemispheres in play Mm -hmm. but that the whole picture is 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 what the intuition is perhaps
0: yeah Yeah, Mia Reddy in in episode 39 speaks about this, speaks about how we have this tendency to monoculturalize ourselves, you know? And, And you can look at it from within a family, within a, you know, the neighborhood, the city, the nation, the company, the organization, the state, you know, Europe. You know, you can, we do kind of tend to go down that route. Because maybe it plays into the belief of control. It feels like it goes very much hand in hand with that aspect of the way that if I perceive the world as something that I can control, just having one set of rules makes it so much easier, right? If everybody does the same thing, much easier to control. Um like you say, it's also very, very um, fragile. It's fragile.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
0: having the 8 billion intuitions be around, it's like, oh, now we're talking anti-fragile. It's like, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a few among those who gets it right in the sense that, okay, this is what in this situation actually gives the most benefits. That's what right is, right?
2: And we learn, yeah. Like the mycelium. spread. see, ten, what, 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 how, how, yeah. Oh, okay. Here is the best way. Mm Yes. Yeah. 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 I think, I think.
3: What?
2: I'm trying to, to, to see it as there is no bad guys. Right. There is there is something that started and has evolved here, or has evolved here in the sense of giving giving away your okay. I'm gonna use the word your control, your responsibility. My responsibility of breathing. My responsibility of, of if I move this hand. I'm moving the air to, and I'm aware of it. I can control that, my hand, I control my hand. So giving away those two responsibility and control in order to make my life easier, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to be aware of my breathing. I can use my, my mind to produce more for the system, for the culture to grow in that sense, but. I give it to you because then I don't have to think. I don't have to, not to think, but to exercise my awareness. Mm-hmm. And then that grows and grow, grew and, grew and grew and grew and grew with more. I'm not trying to be simplistic here with more uh, things going on in the, in the system, of course, uh, we, we have gone here, we have got here. From there, so the way is the other way around. Let's take control and responsibility of me, and be aware of breathing, and be aware of I'm moving the hand, and be aware how how my decision of writing this email to to the chorus, how it makes me feel. Be aware of that, and, And listening and and to that, to that intuition, to that and see what wants to emerge from
3: there. I keep thinking
1: about fear, Mm -hmm. right? And so this, these three things together, fear, demonstration and trauma, um, and co-regulation fitting in with that and intuition as well, but that what, so why are we, you know, why do I want to cede my responsibility, like surrender my responsibility with my freedom and say, like, tell me what to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm trusting you, I trust, you know, it's right. You tell me what to do, which is how people choose to participate in a top down system, yeah. it's, dom- it's essentially voluntary domestication. It's like a, it's like, or maybe it's not, I mean, maybe voluntary is not an appropriate word, but the, it's about domestication.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. And so why would that be appealing? If I was not afraid, would that be appealing? Hmm. And my sense is that fear is what drives that, that decision. Okay. And, and so that, that is most likely from my perspective coming out of trauma. And so it's, it's inherited. And it's lived as well. And in so I'm inheriting in intergenerational transgenerational trauma, and I'm also ex- being traumatized in my, in my own organism during my life. Um, and that then is also a lot of it, probably an indirect, uh, receiving or, or, or inheriting of trauma as well. Cause, cause if I'm being traumatized, it may well be from the actions of someone else who is acting on the basis of their trauma. Right. So that, um. And the yes. demonstration, because w- w- in, 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 in my work in healing from trauma, uh, uh, what I've become aware of is that part of that has been about developing a relationship with my nervous system, um, and with my body, but specifically with the nervous system and that the way that I can tell the nervous, I can tell my nervous system that everything's fine. Now I'm all grown up. But my nervous system doesn't speak English and it doesn't respond to anything coming from my prefrontal cortex. It's not, that's got nothing to my, this is the deep ancient part of the brain. This is brainstem stuff. And so how does, how does the nervous system know that thing that everything's okay on the basis of what it's sensing and demonstration is how it learns what's changing or what has changed. And so. If I encounter some, a situation that has, that is associated that my nervous system associates with a past injury, it's going to respond as to a threat because that's how it helps keeps me alive. The better chances of surviving. If we know this is dangerous because it was dangerous last time. So the smart thing to do is respond to it. Like it's dangerous this time, because if it's not dangerous this time, no harm no foul if it is dangerous this time we're ready but of course over time that gets to be a burden like because that the smell of that perfume is no longer actually an active there's no actual threat present but my nervous system is always going to respond as if to that original threat that I, that 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 scent of that perfume was present for and so um, the only way that's going to change is that I encounter that same set and the outcome and and I, and I, and I'm able through relationship with my nervous system to negotiate a different response by lowering the stakes of danger. And then the outcome is, is favorable that it it turns out that it's safe to encounter that trigger without a, without a, uh, threat response. And if I can do that again, and again, and again, and again, and we do this by titrating that just a little bit at a time, um, that then that's, there's a di- that, that it's damaged The nervous system experiences by that de- demonstration. Okay. I can retire that as a threat trigger and behave differently. And so this is, um, I mean, I, that's a whole thing unto itself, so I don't want to go any further down that road maybe, but that I'm just thinking about how do we. You know, we're talking about crossing thresholds in this conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, so, how, yeah. so that in terms of crossing the threshold, that's something that comes into
0: play. And I actually think it is very helpful because when I hear you, I'm thinking about people with allergies, um, where sensibilization, where, you know, if you're allergic to cat or grass or pollen or whatever it is, it's like you can go to the doctor and get a titrated amount, tiny amount to start with. But every week, and for many weeks, you get this thing so that your your immune system, as it were, rather than the nervous system, right. learns that, okay, it's not dangerous. I don't have to go all in, you know, all hands on deck. It's fine. I won't die from this thing. And over time, okay, now I can breathe in air where there's cat or pollen of this, that, or whatever it is, right? So... And I think that's something that I think many people know. So understanding that actually the nervous system works exactly the same way is very helpful because whatever it is that I fear, whether it be, you know, I've, I've seen so many parents terrified of their kids, you know, running out on the street. It is a fear that I have. I can learn to not respond as aggressively to that threat because chances are that, you know, it might happen. Yes, but it might not happen. And I can be more.
2: Chances are that your son stops in every corner, check it out and keep going running. I, I,
0: yeah you know that, yeah precisely it's like so 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 it's I think it is very helpful to to point to this again, because I think we've pointed to this before too mm-hmm. um and and all of my beliefs are the same, I would say, it's like mm-hmm. all of the beliefs I have are ways or. I've learned them, I've inherited them, I've picked them up in some way and I can shift them in the same way that I can train my nervous system, in the same way that you can sensibilitize your immune system, sensitize your immune system, whatever the the term is. Yeah. To
2: to make trust available for the nervous system, for the immune system, for
1: Well, and I want to say, I'm going to object to the word train. Okay. That, that I haven't been training my nervous system in healing from trauma. That's, that's a, that's to me, that's a control connotation. Um, I've, I have developed a relationship with my nervous system Mm -hmm. in which I recognize its autonomy. I recognize its agency. I recognize, um. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an equal partner. It, 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 it we're different. It could do things that I can't, and I could do things that it can't. Um, and, and that the way that, that healing has happened is that that relationship has been developed and we have been negotiating
2: in trust. that
1: relationship. And there is the trust has had to be developed. And in the same way that it would be when you meet a new person that all, all of that, but that it's, and it's not just a matter of respect and honor, but just of reality that, um, again, that sort of like the, the frame of training is, is, uh, is, is illusory, I think, or it's the same kind of, uh, uh, distorted, distorting
2: mm, lens, lens that, that we, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah, this this telling to this neighbor system, you now have to do this. That's training, right? Right. Mm-hmm. When relationship, it, it, it comes, it it's, it's become,
0: mm-hmm.
2: becomes, right? because I never told my, I never trained my son to not run in the street or to stop every corner and check. I, I, it wasn't trained. I trust him when he was born that he knew what to do so in my relationship with him when he wasn't running away still yet right i trust him that if he in a way that he was learning on his own where he could go and where he couldn't Like, like I think we talk here about the the taca, taca I call it we call it in spain the the thing that you put baby in and walk, yeah, uh, we talk about it in the our first episode, so yeah, I think so that's I don't trust you can learn from yourself, <laughs> and that's a way to to have to yell afterwards in the street, don't run, I'm scared that you are running, of course you are scared that you are running. You even don't trust yourself that your son or your daughter is gonna. You don't trust yourself. How can you trust her? yeah, or him?
1: yeah. right
3: right uh, so it, there's dimension it dim-
2: it, 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 bec- it starts it starts with 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 oneself first. And then when the baby is growing in the, in the, okay, it starts there too. The trust. How can you trust in your, in your baby growing in your, inside you? You have to, because it's the only one who knows how to do it. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, there's demonstration in that too. It's a a different take on demonstration, right? In terms of modeling, right? Like that, that if I'm demonstrating trust in myself, then those around me have that, have access to that as a model. So if I have children, my children.
0: And it's a perfect example of pregnant women where society also tries to control to such an extent that you. Shame people because you're not supposed to eat this. You're not supposed to drink that. You're not supposed to do that movement. You must not do this. You must not do that. He's like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, but, you know, again, we are, that is a way of really training us into this learned helplessness that I think we see everywhere, right? We are not helped to trust ourselves because the people who are supposed to help us don't trust themselves because the people who we're supposed to trust show them didn't trust themselves. And it's like somewhere somebody started this we don't trust ourselves business and it's just precisely kept on rolling and that might feel really, really hopeless but again, you can step out of it and it is possible. And when you do, you heal generational trauma and you, I don't know, remove or reduce generational trauma, coming generational trauma, at least not that aspect will be lesser, you know, cause there's a healing that has been done. So it, it isn't hopeless.
2: Um yeah, that's that's another aspect of, of the the ripples, the echo, the resonance. It's, it's not just that it's happening now here. It's how resonant with the past and how will resonate with the
3: future.
1: It also makes me think of of nurture or nourishment or support as a, as a a principle in relationship, as opposed to, which I associate more with this sort of distributed, uh, bottom up decision-making and interaction and relationship and action taking and all of that, because like all of what you're, I mean, certainly, um, in terms of what you're saying with how society treats pregnant women it's not just that like male doctors are telling them that i imagine that so there are also women telling other women that oh, yeah. right so with the, oh, there there yeah. is a, there is a horizontal piece and um i think what happens if uh those relationships are about supporting the individual To which which implies trusting them to act on their own intuition and to be like you're saying, Inma, with the child inside you. They're the only one that knows how to do it. Like, because every mother is the only person that knows how to mother that child. And so, what if what if that is supported through across the culture as opposed to? We're going to tell you what to do because we've got two letters behind our name or something like that. You know? Um, I mean, I think this comes to me from a a context of herbal medicine where my teacher was, um, some, I remember someone asking her, uh, what, what do you think of, of these, uh. What are they, it's not fasts or purges. Maybe it's purges, but like the cleanses that this is like, you know, what do you think of the olive oil oh, cleanse yeah. or the disc cleanse or that lemon juice? Cleanse. I don't know what they all are, but, and she says, well, I mean, you know, it's up to you, <laughs> like, first of all, like, it's like I I've got my opinion, but that's me. Um, but that her approaches is, is to nurture and nourish the body using herbs, using food. Like maybe even like, let's begin with the food. And if something's really still out of whack, let's work, we'll use a tincture or a salve or a tea or something with herbal medicine as opposed to food. Um, but that it's this basic split between, you know, the cleanse is this purging. It's this, it's this like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it amounts to violence compared to the nourishment that she's proposing. And that it's, it's, it's like self-flagellation or something. It's, 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 it's like mortification of the flesh flesh. It's like this, this very sort of Roman Catholic feeling, um, uh, approach to making things right. Like there's something wrong with you. We're going to like strip away what's wrong with you. You know, we're going to, we're going to tear that out or something. And and we're going to cleanse you of what's dirty, what's toxic, what's, you know, foul or whatever it is. Instead of which also denies the intelligence of the body, if instead we support the body because the body is the one that knows how to heal itself, which I know that's a crazy idea in the West, but it's it's a much older idea than the West. Um, and uh, and so what you know what happens if we nourish the body and and demonstrate to it that we trust it? to heal itself and that we're there to provide any support that it can't provide itself by feeding it, whatever we feed it. And, um, like, what if, so that's what I'm, that's where I'm coming from with talking about this in terms of pregnant women is that what if that's the way the culture treats pregnant women, instead of saying like, we need to treat your ignorance by telling you the right thing to do, because we've got the answer. And it's a one-size-fits-all answer, so it's easy to, for us to just yep. distribute that and, like, enforce it, just,
0: you know. Yep. Except it's so interesting. In Sweden, you're absolutely banned from eating, like, dessert cheeses, you know? Mm-hmm. French women do not hear this. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> so it's like, you know, what's really dangerous here... Is it really dangerous in France? So, so it's it's again, there's this okay in this country, we have come to this understanding, let's let's show our control in this way. Uh, and then it has different types of flavors based on and like anathema in France to to even consider the fact that you wouldn't be able to to eat, you know, really good cheeses just because you're pregnant. Like, so yeah, it's, it's
2: you it's, for you. Um, it is, it is, uh, treat treating or, or boxing pregnancy pregnancy as sickness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This whole medical model of focus on what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's the logical extension of that mindset, right? Is that here's this perfectly, this is the way life continues. Let's treat it like an illness. Yeah. When you're a hammer.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's the way it turns out in many, many ways. But again, luckily it doesn't have to. You can find all sorts of tools in the toolbox if you just start looking, because they are there.
1: Allow them to present themselves even.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hey, friends, time to wrap it up. Yeah, (laughs) time to wrap it up. Yeah, it's for today.